host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right. Good morning, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. I like to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. Today, I have two special guests with me, uh, Jeff and Kirsten Smith, podcast hosts, uh, elite athletes, you know what I mean? They do it all, parents, whatever. I've been trying to get them on here for quite a while. I know we all have busy schedules, and when they said they would do it, I was so stoked. So I'm so glad to have you guys here today on our pod- my podcast. So what I like to do, you guys, is have you guys introduce yourselves to the audience, like who you are and and exactly it is what you do. Well, thanks, Max. I appreciate it. We're super excited to be here. I'm Jeff Smith. I am a real estate investor. We own about 41 properties. We're lead investor on another 27. So I'm, I'm in charge of roughly 68 rentals right now. And we have four kids. I run a couple masterminds. I, I'm a, I've been a business coach for over six years, worked with thousands of entrepreneurs in different settings. I, I kind of cut my teeth in the fitness industry and owned a gym for 11 years, which we still own. And I'll let my wife take over, Kirsten. <laughs> I am a homeschooling mother of four now, uh, which I did not really anticipate, but that's how things have have unfolded in recent years. I also, I do fitness, nutrition, and mindset coaching for busy moms. And I am very excited in the coming weeks to release a book that I wrote. So I am, I'm adding published author to that resume soon. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Looking forward to reading it. Thank you. I, I, you know, we all belong to the same network. Like my wife is like, we're going to have to buy a house that has like a separate library for all your apex people, because all these books I see coming in all the time. But luckily for me, she's very supportive and, and she just loves that. I'm actually keeping my brain moving instead of, you know, cause I'm going to be 54 in a couple of weeks here. And she's like, at least you're not getting like old and lazy and right. And I said, well, you should see, and she sees all you guys at the examples. Like I'll show your post of you guys working out and stuff. And she's like, I'm glad you hang around friends like that, you know? Yeah, well, and and you think about it though, like you're a at home, you know, schooling mother. You guys are busier than you know, and, and you just showed the audience right now, like you can do it all and have it all, right? You just have to learn how to block your time and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and being fit is is important to me also. So like I have you guys as an example, as well as many other people. 
and I need it because when I go, I, I live on about two acres of land, right? So when I go out there, when the wife says, here's your honey-do list for the weekend, I need you to do the yard. It's like, thank God I hang around people that stay fit, that push me to stay fit because there's times I come in the house and I'm like, she's like, okay, I'll just leave you, go do what you got to do, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, I have to say again, like I was saying before, thank you for coming and joining me, right? Because I want to show people you know, in the audience that it doesn't matter what the background is or what you do for a living, right? Like if you really put your mind to it, like we know, like if we do the work, we can be successful, right? So I like to share with the audience if you would, or if you would share with the audience, like early on in your careers, I know Jeff was in the army, correct? Yes, sir. And you know, the challenges that you face there. And then as a couple, right? Like when you would go on deployment, you know how that goes. So like, I don't even have to tell you to, but like, tell, tell the audience, like as a couple, the, the challenges you faced early on, right? Because it didn't happen overnight that you owned all these properties, had children and like, hey, here we are, right? Talk about some of the challenges you guys have gone through together as a couple to make this work. I'll take that one. Well, we lucked out <laughs> on one front because when I met Jeff, it was probably... 2005. And I think he had just gotten out of the military. So we did not deal with any deployments oh, okay. while we were, while we were together, we dealt with, you know, a whole host of other things as he transitioned out of the military and to corporate life and feeling really unfulfilled on that front. You know, we moved across the country together. And I think early on, a lot of our struggles were about the same time we opened a business, right? He is naturally very just entrepreneurially minded. That was not me. So he had the goal to open a business and I wanted to support him. About the same time, our first child was born. So what ended up happening was he got really focused on you know externally going to the business, building the business, working in the business, spending a lot of time, late nights, early morning hours. You know, I mean, I was in the hospital having our first kid and I think she was born at 9 a.m. And then he left to go coach the noon class at our gym, like while I was in recovery, right? <laughs> so that's, that's the stuff that you do when you have a small business, right? right? And you're an owner operator. And so I really focus kind of on our house, on raising the kids, keeping things running on that end, and then playing kind of the administrative role for our businesses. And our initial challenge, I think, was we didn't realize what was happening, but we really lived separate lives without a lot of overlap. And it got worse and worse and worse probably every year. So I got really resentful because he got to leave the house and go do all the cool stuff. Right. Right. And I was stuck at home with all of these kids kind of running through Groundhog Day all the time. So I felt jealous. I felt resentful. And in a lot of ways, I felt like our business was like the other woman. Right. Because he was always kind of obsessed and and communicating. It got all his time. It got all his attention. And I think we struggled for many years on kind of how to navigate him being so invested in something else. It was a really difficult thing. And I think we both had to come to terms with how we were communicating with each other, 
and what our expectations were of one another and how fully we were showing up for ourselves versus how much we were relying on other people to kind of make us happy and make us feel fulfilled before we could be in a good spot. See, this is another reason I knew I, I had to have you guys on here to hear that part, right? Because being new, a new entrepreneur, maybe just starting my second year, right? Like, I could hear what Kristen's saying because I've had that talk with my wife. Like, dude, if you focus half as much on our relationship, she would tell me, like you do trying to start what you're doing, we'd be fine. Like she's had to have those sit downs because I'm like, I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm a recovering addict and I got OCD. When I focus, I get the blinders, right? And then nothing else matters because I want to make it work, you know? And and I know Jeff relates and being in the military, you get taught that, right? Like you have a mission, everything, nothing else matters, go for it. So that was good for me to hear from you guys to hear that, right? Because at least I have people like yourselves and my friends here, Jeff and Kirsten, right? That I can listen to and go, okay, they, this is what they did. Don't let me fall into this, right? Because I've heard it like where it's broken up marriages, where someone focuses so much on making a business or their work or their career, the most important thing that they forget about everything else. So Jeff, on, on your end, how was that challenge, you know, coming out of the military? Okay, you know, you, I know your thought process, right? I got a family, I got to take care of them. So I got to make this work. So how did that happen for you and, and get to where you guys worked it out? Like, so you didn't have to sleep with one eye open, if you know what I mean, next to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there was a lot of different phases of that transition, whether it it be the transition out of the military into the corporate world and then the transition into entrepreneurship and that kind of phase of our lives. But I, I think that the reason that we probably grew apart more than anything early on in my entrepreneurial journey is because I really didn't know what I was doing. And so I when I focused, when you're talking about putting blinders on and working harder, like I was just focusing, kind of spinning my wheels all alone, trying to figure it out and just ramming my head into cinder block walls, if you will, trying to make things happen. And I didn't really utilize it. There were, I mean, this was 2011, I suppose. Through about 2015, I, I really couldn't figure stuff out because it was different. Like I, I had been in real estate before, and then I opened the gym, and the gym is kind of what we're talking about. That was a completely different dynamic. That was it was service based. There was all, all these different clients to deal with and everything else, and so it kind of it changed the dynamic of the way I was used to doing business, and it wasn't nearly as cut and dry as, as real estate was and, and working with contractors and things like that. It was, it was far more relationship-based and right. there were some interesting, interesting times from that standpoint. So like when you talk about being early and new in business, like you're in the right spot as far as being attached to these groups where you can kind of learn things. And that's one of the reasons why I've been doing business coaching for as long as I have because I got into that space in the fitness industry. And 
<laughs> and, and so it, originally the intention behind why I was so passionate about doing that is because I wanted to give those entrepreneurs in coming up behind me speed and leverage, which are things that I feel like business coaches provide, which is speed, leverage, and like you don't have to recreate the wheel and make the same mistakes over and over again, ruin your marriage because we already ruined ours, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And, and so it, like th- there is definitely benefits to everything we've got available to us these days. And, and I, I'm not saying like that shit wasn't all available in 2010, but like there's a lot more now. And so, I mean, coming through that process was really lonely because of us choosing to have different roles and feeling like we weren't involved in the other people's like journey. And so that just caused a bigger and bigger chasm between us as we, as we kind of went down the road and like, I felt unsupported, she felt unsupported and like, it wasn't a team situation. And so that just grew and grew and like all this underlying emotions of like made up stories came into it. And then and then we had to like get rid of all that shit and flush it out and figure out uh, how we could be a team again. And, and, and the reality was we were never really as far apart as, as we made up in our heads. So once we were able to work through all that stuff and kind of clear that, we, we were able to become far more supportive of each other. And it's allowed us to really kind of have some pretty exponential growth over the past three years, I would guess, is when we finally figured it out. It took us a fucking long time. We're retards. (laughs) Right. So see, this is why, (laughs) like, this is where I, like, I believe my higher power, my God, whatever you want to call it, divine intervention, let me start later, right? So that I knew I have friends like you that came before me so that I could go, hey, they just taught me this, so I better not do like because I can be okay. Like, I'll tell, I'll be honest. My recovery and this and my life is like they parallel each other, right? Like my first year of being sober, my nickname was idiot because I'd stay sober, but I did just stupid. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't talk to other people. I would just have to be that kid where you said, "Hey, that's hot. Don't touch it." Oh, really? Ah, yeah, third degree burn, right? So. This is for me, this has been a great journey, right? Because I get to talk to, you know, you, Kirsten and Jeff and, and people like yourselves that have paved the way for guys like me, because trust me, I still, you know, like when my wife gets mad, I just say, hey, look, man, I'm doing this for us. You know, I'm going to keep my promise to you. <laughs> and she'll go, whatever. That's not what I'm trying to tell you. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay. Right. So. You know, we know this, like this journey of being an entrepreneur is pretty crazy. I'm, I'm learning, right? And you guys know, because you've been there, done that, and you're still on this journey because look of all the successes you've had. So like, I know, you know, I could go, we could probably sit here for hours and I could pick your brains, but <laughs> you know, this little one over here won't let me for that long. But so personally, like the challenge, like how did you finally come together, right? Because I want the, you know, they've got a lot of friends out there that are couples that are listening to what, you know, the guests I bring on. So as a couple, like, 
like some of the toughest challenges, right? Like you just named was him going off, you know, doing his own thing while you're left at home to, to raise the family and do that. What were some of the things that brought you together? Like, what were some of the stuff that you said, okay, we got to do things differently. Like, what was that moment? Like, I think from my perspective, I had reached a point where I was so tired of having like the same argument over and over and over again. Like, I didn't feel like I was being heard. I didn't know why. And I felt like I was making reasonable requests or, you know, conveying things, support that I needed in very specific terms. And I felt like I just wasn't getting it right. Like we, we, just, we weren't speaking the same language. It was a real like men are from Mars. Women are I, was, from Venus, <laughs> I was just going to say for real. it's for real. That is yeah. for real. Yep. Yeah. Like we just weren't speaking the same language at all. And I was like, why is this dude not listening to like anything I tell him literally for years? We're having the same argument like every week over and over and over again all the time. And I eventually got to a point where I almost kind of gave up. I guess I think I was just like at the end of my rope. And once I reached that point, like the kind of come to Jesus moment that I had was a realization that like, I can't change him no matter what I can't change him. I can't make him show up for me in a way that I need to. And I have to start showing up for myself. That had been the missing link in my life personally for years, you know, because I'd had these four kids, one every two years, I'd struggled with my self-confidence, my body image, my overall weight, postpartum issues, you know, our relationship issues. I felt underwater with snacks and, you know, scrubbing the kitchen and doing laundry. And I realized that what I was doing was I was getting up and going through the motions every day and just like getting battered by life. I felt like, and I'm pouring out of this cup all day long. I'm trying to nurture and give to everybody else around me because I felt like that's what society tells us we have to do. Right. right? Like I mm-hmm. can't be selfish. I've got to give to my family because I'm a mom. And then I expected him to walk through the door in the evening and pour into my cup for me. Right. He wasn't doing that because he was going to work and he had all this pressure on his shoulders to build and produce And he was going out there and getting battered and coming home. I'm already empty, right? I got nothing else to give. He doesn't really have anything else to give. So now we're mad at each other for not supporting and not filling one another's cup. But for me, I realized that I had to start relearning how to prioritize my well-being and my needs. And I was the only person that was in charge of filling my cup, right? I couldn't wait around for someone else to come around. I'm not dependent on somebody else to fill my cup and make me happy in life. I had to take control of creating my own happiness. And so I started doing that. And once I started doing that, it alleviated that, like that tension in our relationship that was kind of unhealthy and codependent. Right. Where we, we were hoping the other person was going to show up and make us happy. So I think that took some additional weight off of his shoulders, right? It took pressure off of our relationship. And that once we were able to kind of show up for ourselves more fully, I think we showed up for one another more fully as well. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think we hit rock bottom, if you will, like with like 
we had these, I, I talked about the stories that we had made up. She, she, her stories were that I wasn't going to support her. My stories were that eventually she was going to leave me anyway. And I mean, full transparency. And that was my own shit though. And I think we came to this point in time when it's like, Hey, are we going to, are we going to stick this out? And because we've been through some serious shit and it, I, we both kind of made the commitment to, to do it. And for me, that was life-changing for one, because I had this story in my head that everybody leaves, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's my shit and my own stuff. So being able to work through that was pretty profound. But, but the level of commitment that I came through with, because like my struggle on like my internal stories were like, I wanted to have everything because I believe that you can fucking have everything. And right. I, and I do to my core believe that. So as I was working harder and harder and harder to have this like money, like freedom vacations, this, like the, the missing link was like this fucking relationship that I couldn't fix. And like the harder I tried, the more we went to war to get against each other. And the more I tried to force it, the more brutal the battles got. And, <laughs> right. and I'm not talking about physical battles. Like, right. The gloves are off. Let's go. Right. <laughs> right. But, but ultimately it, it was a, it was a situation of trust, right? Like she didn't trust I'd be there for her. I didn't trust she'd be there for me. And like, we, we finally got that shit sorted out and like, <laughs> Maybe it was fatigue. Maybe we're both just like, God, I give up. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> like, and, and not give up. Like it, we give up going to war, not give up the relationship. And I don't know, man, like we worked through some stuff and like came back together and it, it just, it's different now. And, yeah. and like she said, she's doing her own thing. She's got her own shit. I'm her number one fan. Like, I, I'm as supportive as I can possibly be of her. And like, I, I love seeing her win and it's kind of like what I always wanted. I just didn't fucking know how to get there. And right. I, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Like they say they want stuff, but like you have to support it with the actions. And sometimes it's just kind of get out of the way and like, yeah, get out of your them. own way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate. You know what I mean? It took me like, when did I meet my wife? 48. When I was 48. Right. Because I'm, I'm the great runner. Right. So I've had past relationships where when it gets tough, right, I'll try. But then if I'm not winning that, I shut down. You've lost me and you might as well, I'm gone. See ya. Right. But so I've learned, you know, that's why I love talking to couples who, who have gone through life and business together and, and learn the ups and downs of what they got to do. Cause I'm learning that. Right. And for me, like you said it, Jeff and Kirsten is like communication. Cause I'm the silent type. Like if I get my feelings hurt or I get angry, I shut down. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk, leave me alone. And my wife has learned how to communicate where I'll talk to her instead of going, I'll be back in an hour. You know what I mean? Unless it gets to that point. And I know you guys have been there where it's like time out, you know, let's come back to this or, you know, like I'm sure Kirsten said, I'm going to hurt you, Jeff, or, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like we need to take a time out, but see, but I learned from you guys, right? Because obviously I'm on the right path when it comes to being in a relationship, 
you know, she's my wife is my best friend, my biggest supporter. And I heard too, she has her thing. She likes doing derby. So, right. That's why I help take care of mom so she can go do her own thing, you know, go out with her friends or whatever. Right. Cause man, way younger. Yeah. I used to have jealous, like every bone in my body was the jealous, you know, bone, whatever. But now it's like, maybe I'm older and I don't care, but I trust her. She <laughs> trusts me. You know what I mean? It's like, but like hearing what you guys are telling me, I know I'm on the right path, how I'm doing things now. Right. So this is why I've asked you guys to come be a guest. Cause I know you got some wisdom to share with all of us and, and myself. So I appreciate that. So like now that you got, I I'm, you know, nothing's always, what do they say? Peaches and creams and you know what, right? Because life happens, right? You still have your challenges, right? With being business owners and being parents, especially being parents, right? I'll tell you, like my kids are all adult children. Like I'm talking thir- almost 30 and over all of them. But like, if I don't give them time, I still get my dad doesn't care anymore. He doesn't love it. You know, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> really? Like, come on. You know, like you don't come visit us like, well, you're 30 something. I, except for my son, right? He had a stroke at 30. And I'll tell you guys that story another time. But right, I get it. Like, I'm your dad. You're supposed to come visit me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm busy just like you guys are. But it's funny how I'm navigating, you know, adult children and stuff like that now. And, you know, they get jealous because it's a blended family, of course, which there is no reason. But, you know, I love being a grandfather. I love being a father, a husband. You know, being new to this, I'm trying to make sure that I don't just keep my focus on growing my business and forget everybody else. You know, like you said, I got to fill up my cup, have fun, right? Because I can't pour from an empty cup. I have to learn how to pour into my wife, you know, keep her happy and, you know, and keep up with my grand. I love being a young grandfather because I can keep up with all of them. They cannot outdo me. So right now, knock on wood, I'm still good. <laughs> so home life, like, I know we can, we've covered a lot in this short period of time, but so tell me some of the, like the, not just the challenges, but like the fun stuff you guys do together as a couple, as a family that, that keeps, keeps it going, you know, keeps the, the relationship alive. I'd say RVing. So we, we jumped on the RV bandwagon. Ironically, it was like we were right before COVID hit and we decided to buy an RV. We talked about it for years. I mean, we legitimately talked about before we had kids, we were going to live in an RV and just travel the country and hang out with a whole bunch of like retirees that are, you know, snowbirds (laughs) and, you know, hang out in RV parks and drink with all the old people. That was like my dream scenario. So <laughs> we ended up buying an RV and I, it was really important to me to give the kids some ele- as much normalcy as possible, like while the whole world was losing their minds for the last two years. So being able to hop in an RV, you know, we did the last two summers. So summer 2020 and 2021, we did, I think the first year we did just at four weeks in the RV and hit eight states. And then we did another month the following summer and did 10 states, I think, and just kind of traveled around, spent a lot of time as a family. And now, I mean, we're still huge on it. We hop in the RV whenever we get a chance. We're leaving next week to head to Illinois for Jeff's grandma's 90th birthday. Good Irish Catholic family. So they're always looking for a chance to throw a party. Um, (laughs) 
But I think having the freedom, freedom is a core value for both of us personally. So it is very much ingrained in what we do as a family. So having the freedom to homeschool our kids and, you know, whenever we feel like taking a week off and, you know, going and hiking in Big Bend, we can do that, right? No one tells us, oh, you can't do that because your kid's going to be truant. So it's kind of reverse engineering based on those core values, figuring out like what really speaks to our soul and keeps us happy and rejuvenated. And I think that's probably number one for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important uh, what you guys are doing. You know, with like your kid, that's the, those are the memories. I believe that your kids will, they'll be forever. You know what I mean? Like, this is what mom and dad did with us every summer. This is what we got to do with mom and dad, right? You can't. And, you know, and I understand sometimes where my kids are coming in, right? Because I do have little ones you know, my stepchildren and, you know, my grandchildren and because of my addiction, right. I didn't do a lot of this stuff when my kids were younger, right. Because I wasn't in their lives and that's a whole other podcast, but you know, I've been back in their lives for 18 years and I try to make up for it. Right. Yep. But I realized, especially now that I'm older, that like, those are the memories, like going to my grandson's baseball game. He's not going to remember. Yeah, he might remember if they won or lost, but he's going to remember like who of his family were in the stands watching his game that day. You know, grandma, you know, grandpa, me, his mom, dad. And that's for me, this like what you said is to me is priceless. You can't put a price on that. Well, we actually bought a little trailer for the same reason, right? Because all her, my wife's kids love to go camping. You know, they love to go motorcycle riding and stuff like that. So I said, let's get one. Let's fix one up. We don't need a fancy one, but let's go with them. Right. And, and we prioritize our family over like w- when we make decisions based on business and things like that, they're, they're all that freedom to, of, of mobility, of mobility and location and things like that. It, that's, that's top of mind in the decision-making process, because I mean, it's it's incredibly important to me to be present during this period of time. Our oldest is nine years old. And so she, I mean, we talk about the fact that she's got 10 more years with us, nine more years with us, something like that. I mean, I plan on living a very long time. I plan on working a very long time. I've got plenty of opportunity after the next 15, 16 years to, to do whatever I want and be selfish and create whatever I want. The priority right now is showing them kind of possibilities. I mean, our life is very blended as far as work is very much a part of our life, our family life. I mean, we teach our kids concepts of earning income and, and what, how you provide value in the marketplace. Like, to, regardless of their age, they're, they're getting schooled and lessons yeah. because there, there is no delineation of, I mean, we, we do set boundaries and things like that, but it's not like I come home at five o'clock in the evening and like dad's home and it's time to read the paper and sit on the fucking couch or whatever. Like right. we don't operate like that. And like everything is together. The kids like see us work. They see how we earn money. They see what it affords us and how we can be in anywhere we want most of the time. And, and I, I think those lessons are incredibly important 
because of what we're doing and because of the businesses that we're creating and, and working on the, the future economy, I think is, is they're, they're learning and getting a taste of that side of things now. Right. Well, they're getting a lesson they don't teach in school, right? They didn't yeah. teach us about being an entrepreneur. Remember, I know when I grew up, it was like, get the job and stay there for 30 years, retire, you'll get a pension and then you get to do whatever you want. Right. Yep. And that's why I, you know, when I first started this journey on one of the coaches I had, which was, you know, you guys all know Chris Whitehead, right? His business partner who passed away, right? Always asked me, he goes, why are you doing this? Like he would ask me like, why, you know, and the biggest thing I came up with was freedom, the freedom to, you know, spend time with my family. Money is great. Obviously we need money to pay our bills and stuff, but when I thought about it and I was watching everybody else around me that were doing their thing and it was the freedom they had, you know, to like, like you said, pick up their kids. Hey, well, this week, kids, we're going camping, right? Where I'm grinding and I'm like, I can't do that because I can't take off work because <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, that's, it's important. You guys are giving your kids a lesson that a lot of children aren't getting, right? And I heard, but you, you know, such a, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say- make such a good- <laughs> go ahead, Jeff. I'll, I'll tell you after. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I was going to say you make such a good point about it not being all lollipops and roses because, like, we we deal with massive problems. Like, it, you 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 still get. There's no way to avoid the problems. You, you're we've got tons of problems, and the more shit that I put on our plate, the more properties I buy, the more like the more that I want to grow. I invite larger and larger problems into our lives. And you, you have to, I mean, part of the reason that we can deal with the level of issues that we're dealing with at any given point in time is, is the maturity of our relationship that we talked about before. Like, I mean, I deal with some pretty heavy, stressful things on a regular basis, as does she. And, but like, our relationship foundationally being solid as it is now allows us to go to the next level of things. Whereas we were stuck before with that broken relationship that we had, we couldn't break through. Like I still made decent money and, and good money, but like from a production standpoint, I was stuck at a ceiling that I could not break through. Like I couldn't make more than a quarter million bucks and we would bash our heads on that ceiling every year. And I'm like, this is the year, this is the year we're going to have a huge breakthrough. And then something would come in and just cut me off at the knees. And, And ultimately, I mean, getting that shit right at home is what allows you to, to go out and, produce at a, at a very high level. And like, Absolutely. I, I never really made the correlation before I kind of thought there might be something to it, but I was really more focused on like produce, 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 get the production straight first, then we'll fix all the other stuff at home. And, and it, it, the universe did not have that in mind for me, no. at right. least. I know that there's people that can do it, but for me, I was stuck financially until I took two steps backwards and fixed everything at home. Right. 
Well, that's what I've always been taught by like a lot of my mentors. I can't do nothing until my whole, my own house is in order, right? Like I've worked on this stuff and I've worked on some serious, well, you know, I'm coming up on 19 years sober in September. So I, I have to continue to clean house and take care of my house so that I could be a better husband. So that, that was perfect. You know what I mean? Just, it's hard to build a business or a relationship on shaky ground or on sand. Like in Costa Mesa, they always say if the big earthquake happens, right? Because it's built on liquefaction, which that means that city is going out. The first one, right? Boom. And I'm like, man, like, didn't they figure this out before they started building all their buildings on this stuff? So these poor people uh, in Costa Mesa here in Orange County are going to be like that island they talk about, you know, and, and Arizona is going to be the beachfront property pretty soon. You know, you guys have been awesome so far, and I appreciate your, you know, sharing your wisdom with us. So there's a couple questions I like to ask my guests, knowing that I had written a book, right, called Fearless Happiness, like in my title there, Fearless, right? Because this is what I love to ask couples or anybody, but you guys, what does fearless look like for you guys? And how does that show up in your life, right? Because you just explained like early on, like when you guys are not meshing, right? I'm like you, Jeff. I had that in the past where like, these, I'm leaving first so I can say I left first because they're going to leave me. You know what I mean? So, you know, as a couple, like how does fearlessness or fearless show up for you guys and your parents? So you kind of have to be fearless at times. I think to me, fearless shows up as a willing, a willingness to fail. And an embrace of failure. Like, how do we fail faster? How do we fail more efficiently? How do we extract the lesson and then move on towards success? For too long, I thought that if I if I risked something and I leaned in to that fear, that if I failed at it, I was moving farther away from my goal, which couldn't be farther from the truth. Right. right? When you're working towards the goal and you're failing at it, you're at least learning things that don't work. Right. So you extract those lessons, you learn, and then like you get back on the road towards your goal. But I didn't think about that. Right. I didn't have that frame mm-hmm. of mind. So I think I was really, I lived life in a way that was more risk averse in every aspect when it came to our relationship, when it came to parenting. Like I just played it a lot safer because I was afraid to fail. Right. What about you, Jeff? <laughs> so let me think. That one's got me stumped, man, because like I, I, I've been in a lot of hairy situations and I, I think that you, you all, everyone has fear. It, it's, it's just doing it in spite of, of the fear that you experience. And I've always just had an ingrained, I, I'm the guy who runs at the situation right? in when when there's things happening, I'm generally the guy that goes towards the the chaos. And so, for me, I think that's in, continued to be important in my life. Though to like it manifests itself in different ways. Obviously, safer now that I'm 42 <laughs> years old, but but um, it keeps me alive. And I, I think. Fearlessness is something that you can you can teach to other people, it, and it it can be a controlled 
a controlled emotional response. And I think it's truly important to, to be able to recognize and analyze and break down what you're feeling in those situations because right. it allows you to act in a much more measured manner. Right. Exactly. Think about it. That's what I always, my sponsor, my mentors would always tell me to slow down because I'm the, even now, sometimes the most impulsive dude you'll ever meet. Right. Cause like I can do it until I get hurt. Then it's like, Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like when I was married, my first wife, like I was going through the fire Academy. I did all, I know what you're talking about. I was the guy that ran into the fire instead of away from the yep. fire. And I was like that in my addiction. I was like, I'm like that in my recovery. So taking the time to think about is perfect. Like what the, you know, and sometimes what is it? They say fear is false evidence appearing real. So, yeah. right. So it's perfect. Awesome. You guys So my second question, happiness, knowing I put a Y in that happiness. What does that mean to you guys? And how does that show up for you? For me, happiness is probably being able to live a life that we designed. So this is kind of the theme that, that I touch on in the book that I wrote. Because for a really long time in my life, I was a passive participant, right? Like the story was already written. I didn't feel like I could change anything. I was just going through the motions. Fate had already written my story and I was pretty trapped. But like you touched on the fact that, you know, your kids aren't going to remember you know, some of the stupid things that we put a lot of emphasis on yeah. for years, you know, I, I was worried about how clean my house was. But in 30 years, my kids aren't going to sit around the Thanksgiving table and be like, I'm so grateful that like, you always had our countertops clean, mom. Like, that's not the stuff that they remember, right? right. They remember remember the that time you dusted our room, mom? <laughs> exactly. They don't care at all. Right. So I had this kind of misplaced emphasis on all of these jobs I was supposed to be doing. And I was really task oriented and I stopped being goal oriented for years. I couldn't visualize how to set goals for myself in that life. And so like one of the ideas that I expound upon in the book is that even if you're a stay-at-home mom, like these concepts of growth are still hugely important, right? Like you're the CEO mm -hmm. of your house. So yep. you're adding yep. in kids, you're getting older, your kids maybe need you more in different ways. How are you continuing to grow? Because you can't just stay stagnant. And I stayed stagnant and I stayed really unhappy and then wondered why all these other things in my life weren't clicking. Right. Whereas now I think that we've achieved a level of happiness mm -hmm. because we figured out what our core values are, right? We live according to our core values. We say no to things that don't fit. We say yes to the things that do fit. And everything now feels like we're in integrity, if that makes sense, right? And it Absolutely. allows those things to click in a way that they, they weren't clicking before. Right. Absolutely. What about you, Jeff? Happiness for me is kind of defined by like discipline and, and experiences. That is what I'm all about. As long as I remain disciplined to what I'm trying to achieve, like everything will happen exactly the way it's supposed to, or I will work through it. And, it, it, and as far as like, you, you talk about happiness and my mind goes to like the, the experiences that I can have with our kids and whatever that may be, like 
it doesn't have to be some extravagant thing like Kirsten speaking about like it, it's, it's the small things. That's why I really just enjoy RVing is because it really slows things down. And, and it's like the simplest of shit, like being stopped on the side of the road. And I mean, we've got pictures of our kids sitting shoulder to shoulder, the four of them, like at, at like a rest stop eating snacks and stuff like that. And those moments, they, they cost nothing, but the, the connection that they have and the way that they're growing up is something I'm really proud of. And it's something that is important to me. And so it, it makes me happy. Awesome. That's she's that was good. Like I'm smiling from ear to ear over here. Cause that's you guys aligned. That's how I feel. Right. It's like, it's not the, stuff I can go buy my kids or grandkids. It's just those moments where it's just like the other day when my granddaughter was holding our new dog and she fell asleep. Like, and I took a picture. I wish I could show it to you. It's just like, like you can't put a price on that. You know what I mean? And you guys get that because you're doing that with your children. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that you guys. So what I like to do before we end, right. Is if people want to work with you, business coach, whatever, your fitness, um, how can they get a hold of you guys? You can find me on all the socials, Kirsten Smith, the Kirsten Smith on Instagram. My website is www.kirstensmith. You can email me Kirsten at kirstensmith.com. So pretty straightforward there. Kirsten spelled (laughs) K-I-R-S-T-I-N. Thank you. Told you, number one fan here. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Real Jeff Smith, and then I'm Jeff Smith on Facebook. Good luck finding me. It's a, <laughs> you can find me though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got Jeff at the Real Jeff Smith is my email address as well. But Instagram is probably the easiest way to find me. And and I do I, I run a mastermind for men male entrepreneurs that are looking for kind of that have it all lifestyle and looking for more in every aspect of their life with regards to their, their business, their family, their finances, all of it. And it's a group of like-minded guys that are kind of pushing the needle on their performance and where they're going in life. Awesome. I appreciate you guys so much for doing this. So one last thing before we part, what piece of advice or something you could tell the audience that you would want to leave them with before we part? You want to go first? Go. All right. I always like to tell people that you're in charge of writing your own story. And if you don't write your own story, someone else is going to write it. And then there's no guarantee that it's going to be a good one. Sure. Man, I'm tossing around a couple of them, but I think it's important to know that literally anything you can think of in your mind that you want, you can manifest into reality. Uh, there's there's zero limitations on who we are, or who we're becoming. You have to just grow into the person that's willing to take the risks to step out there and then and then have that discipline for a long enough period of time to produce the results that you're looking for. But you you can absolutely have everything. Like wherever you're at in life is is not it, it doesn't have to be your destiny. You you can have whatever you want, make whatever you want, live wherever you want you're in complete control of almost every aspect of things. And if you don't like what you're doing, change it. Bingo. Thank you so much, you guys, for being here today. That was awesome. Probably going to do this again because you guys were 
just there's so much more I could ask you guys and we could keep going. So, but I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Until next time, I'll be seeing you guys. Thanks, Max. Thank you.